In today's Amazing Dads podcast, we'll be talking about co-parenting. What is co-parenting? Co-parenting is a post-relationship parenting arrangement in which both parents continue to participate in their child upbringing and activities. Now, co-parenting in and of itself has unique challenges, but the challenges of co-parenting have been exacerbated by a global pandemic. In today's podcast, we are speaking with Arthur Hampton. Arthur is a committed father that rises above every challenge, even the challenge of a global pandemic, to ensure he is present for his daughter. Arthur is an amazing dad, and today we'll talk to him about co-parenting and COVID-19. Welcome to the Amazing Dad podcast presented by Starry, S-T-A-R-R-Y. I am Marlon Jones, Director of Fatherhood Services for Starry. I have four children, two boys, two girls, and I have the gray hairs to prove it. Daddy, can I show you something? Stop! It's my toy! Can I get my phone back? Hey, Dad, I got practice tonight. Dads are amazing! At this time, I'd like to welcome Arthur to the Amazing Dads podcast. Arthur, welcome. I see you laughing and smiling. Before we get started, Art, would you please just, uh, this is my brother, and I'm glad to have him a part of this Amazing Dads podcast. And before we get started, my brother, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, good morning and good afternoon to everyone. Uh, Arthur Hampton, uh, reside in Detroit, Michigan, and originally from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And um, I've been in education, workforce development for a number of years, and am blessed to be a uh, father of a beautiful daughter of 16, uh, recently married, and have a now a 20-year-old son through marriage. So uh, uh, our creator truly has blessed me, and uh, I am thankful to be a parent of two. Wonderful, man. Well, we're going to to get right into this, and I'm, I'll be honest with you. I think co-parenting requires a level of courage and, and requires a level of, of bravery that is really out of this world. When, when a relationship is dissolved for whatever reason, you know, as much as possible, the individuals try to go their separate ways. But when it comes to co-parenting, it means that the relationship didn't work out, but the two individuals who were in that relationship have made a commitment to work together for the well-being of their child. Yeah. I just want to know, where does the courage to co-parent come from? Or, or where did you find the courage to co-parent? What a big question. Um, to be honest, I did not have, uh, I was blessed in that though my father left, my mother remarried and my stepfather raised me. Um, so my courage came in seeing the example of my father and not wanting to replicate that with my daughter. Um, I wanted to be present and even probably stand in a relationship years long longer because I wanted to be present, uh, fully committed to being uh, not just visible, but impactful to be the role of the father and not symbolic. Um, and even uh, being, you know, living separately, it feels symbolic, but I, through consistent effort and being resilient and not giving up, um, you know, I try to push through that 
so I so that I could still have some visibility, though we are even more apart now because of COVID. I don't want to bring it to her and she doesn't bring it to me. So we video chat and we text a lot. So we're really still in COVID, you know, we're just still trying to find ways of connecting. Um, but the courage really came, one, because I wanted to be a present and good father, like my stepdad was to me, though there's no step. I just call him Pops. And um, because the because I also wanted to not be the example that my father set and be present for my daughter. Wow, you, you said something that I, I wanna I wanna go back to. And you said it briefly, but you said you you stayed in the relationship probably longer mm. than you should have, and you did that out of your desire to be present for your daughter. You know, co-parenting, it is a selfless act. Um, it, it requires that your emotions take a back seat to the needs of, of your child. But that selfless act, it doesn't take away from your humanity. It does I mean, not. You, you still have hurts, you, you still get angry. There may be even some, some lingering heartache. So while you were in that relationship, holding on, as you said, a little bit longer than you should have, and, and even now, how do you manage your emotional health as a co-parent? Prayerfully. And I read um, a book on communication. Uh, I won't even try and <laughs> butcher the, the gentleman's name, but he's a Buddhist, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, and he did a book on communication. And one of the way, one of the things that I walked away with is he he posits that if it if it's not purposeful, if it's not beneficial, then don't say it. And if yeah. it's if it's embedded, if what you were thinking is embedded with something, if you're embedding something in what you're saying, don't do that. Just communicate. Mm. And so he it really I really just felt called to the carpet because I would. I found that I was embedding my fears in my communication because I wasn't seeing her as much as I wanted to. And I wanted her to know that I wanted to be with her in this COVID situation and then the prior situation because she's very much team mom, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and um, and though everyone says, well, Art, you know, when she's 25, you know, or 20, it's like, well, yeah, but she's 16 today, you know, yeah. she's 14 today, you know, you saying so you're saying I got to wait 10 more years to have a relationship with my child. Mm. But when I put my fear aside, and just focused on what I had control of, that meant that I could have more meaningful conversations and more meaningful interactions with her. I don't blow her up anymore about not responding to texts or emails. I don't blow her up if she doesn't, it, it, because all it does, all that did was further the distance because she wouldn't want to talk to me because every time we interact, mm -hmm. it would be ease correcting, hey, I, I emailed you, you didn't say anything. I had texted you, you didn't say anything. So I had to kind of put that aside and did take what I could take or take advantage of the opportunity of being an effective communicator and um, doing a better job of listening and um, just trying to be more present in those moments. So really, um, having to put my fear aside, 
trusting that though the relationship with the mother did not last, trusting though that the relationship didn't last, that she is a very good woman, that she lives by godly principles, that she, you know, um, is doing an amazing job. And I, I refuse to say, you know, in my absence, but she's doing an amazing job uh, and I support as much as I can, uh, not because of a lack of willingness, but because of, you know, right now is uh, COVID is really kind of interrupted. But I try to get through that with, you know, like I said, video chat and email. I do a range of it every day almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to applaud you for for taking that approach for of, of celebrating the mother of your of your child. It makes it makes the difference in the long run. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a home with a father who was verbally abusive, physically abusive, and, and to the point where eventually my mother garnered the courage to be able to leave that relationship. And one thing that my mother constantly said to me over and over again is that she, she would say, Marlon, your, your father was not a good husband, but that doesn't mean he's not a good dad. And she would just continue to reinforce that because she wanted to salvage the relationship of father and son. Right. And so, you know, you're, you're honoring the, the mother of your child in the long run is going to be so helpful because it can be very destructive when you have an, one of your parents tearing down the other parent, but if there can still be a level of honor that is given in the long run, it really does help. It does help the child. Man, I appreciate I appreciate that approach. You talk about um, the humility in that act and also recognizing that the child doesn't know of that sacrifice. Mm. The child doesn't know that I'm not stepping back, you know, you know, because or she doesn't know that, you know, I'm kind of stepping back because of, you know, just recognizing that she's more tethered to her mom and. You know, I kind of because, it, you know, I could go to the friend of the court and force something and make something happen and demand something. But all that's going to do is further fracture. I won't say the relationship is tenuous. We have a very strong, very good relationship. But if I hurt her mother, mm -hmm. you know, further than, you know, moving out. All that's going to do is reverberate through our relationship. And I'm not trying to give that old relationship that power over our, our present relationship. Mm. And so by still being present, keeping the peace, if I have if I have something to say, I'll say it. But if if it, if it's not helpful, if it's in if if my fear is embedded, I have to take that out because the one thing I don't want to do is pass my fear to my child as she's getting ready to go to college and she's afraid that she can't take care of herself or she's, she's afraid that she can't launch into the world on her own because I somehow embedded, you know, some lack of faith in her ability to make decisions for herself. So now I encourage her in her decision-making. I encourage her that she has a voice and I, I you know, I want to hear what she has to say because her verse, her voice has validity. You know, she's 16. She's not you know, a little, little baby anymore. So her, her, what she says is very important. So I give strength and clarity to her voice and, you know, just try to respond to her and deal with her as she allows me to deal with. Her. 
Yeah, you know, you've used that word fear a, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And thank you for your transparency. You know, this is a podcast. And so the Amazing Dad's family, they can't see that that art is is not a little man. You know, <laughs> art, art, art is a manly man. Um, you wouldn't want to see him in a dark alley. You just don't want to do that. Uh, but to hear you be transparent enough to say that you had fears, you know, it's important, you know, because the idea of hyper-masculinity is that we're not afraid of anything. But but you saying that I think is helpful for us as men to be able to grow, for us as fathers to be able to grow. And I just wonder through this process, in what ways have you been surprised in terms of how you have grown in your journey as a parent, as a father? <laughs> Well, I've, I've been blessed that I've always been a patient man, but this is this has put my patience on ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, one uh, learning to respect very early um, as child as when you become a parent, you recognize or you should recognize that it is no longer about you. And when you live or when you co-parent is and you're not the custodial, then it's it's really not about you. Mm. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it, you get in where you fit in. You have no power or influence on the household. You have limited influence uh, on the child is beyond, you know, I have some, you know, some influence. I'm not saying I'm diminished in a way, but it's not like intact being in a house where, I mean, now we're looking at schools and stuff, you know, for her for college. and you know, trying to guide her from a distance and looking at, you know, looking at colleges and stuff. So if I was in the household and this is my cross to carry, um, you know, maybe that could be some other dynamic that that she's not experiencing. However, trying to trying to fill that gap, um, however, you know, tough it's been, I recognize that whatever I'm experiencing um, I imagine that she's also experiencing it because there's an inundation of choices and just trying to not, again, through my um, fear, you know, one that she's, you know, she's looking at, you know, majors that 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 aren't. I got a degree in history. You know, I don't know that I would tell her to get a degree in history these days, mm-hmm. you know, just being sure that she's looking at all of her options. She's a much better student than I ever was, even in grad school. She has a high GPA now in high school than I did in grad school. So she's got a brain on her. Um, but also trying to equip her for, you know, the future job force and the and the flexibility that's required. So just being able to be present with her um, and attend to the emotions that she's feeling. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the hard part because she doesn't talk about that. And I've tried to be intentional in asking for her forgiveness after the breakup. Um, what, asking, what do you mean by asking for her forgiveness? Because it was, it, you know, it was. I just needed her to know that it wasn't about her, mm. that I'm fully committed to her. And whatever pain I caused in leaving, I asked for her forgiveness. Mm. 
And it, it, it allowed us to later to still build a relationship when I was thinking about, um, you know, dating again. It's like, well, you know, what type of lady should, should I like, you know, bring home? I said, you know, she's not going to be your mom. She's just going to be my wife. But what type of lady? you know, would you like to see as, you know, kind of a stepmom? And she gave me her, gave me the resume, <laughs> you know? So again, I don't want to paint that the relationship isn't strong. Um, you know, but, you know, I certainly would love to see her more than COVID allows. Now you, you, you did mention that you have remarried and I, and I do wonder as a co-parent, how has your partner been a part of your support system in this co-parenting journey? She, she has been essential. Um, my wife being female has been a 14, 15, 16 year old girl and a, and a, and a girl of divorce. And the wisdom that she shares to to not give up, to not get, not, to not, not just get frustrated and, and throw my hands up. She pushes me to stay consistent um, with my daughter, to stay present with my daughter, to just swing by and pick her up. Um, my wife has been a stalwart ally in me being a good father. And her wisdom and experience of being, um, you know, living separately from her son, son being, you know, basically raised by the father. If we both experiencing a lot of the same things in terms of he responds slow to her, she responds slow to me. So here we are, two parents living separately from my kids, mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, you have, you share this emotion of, don't they know I love them? Do you, you know, I, you know, and so, um, so a lot of pain points I had initially um, while we were dating and then later married, um, she really was able to coach me through and pray me through and lead me through as I tried to redefine what the rules of engagement were with my um, strong-willed opinionated teenage daughter mm -hmm. because the last thing I wanted to do was break that will to my will. And then she be, then she live a life of, of dealing with men like that. Mm. And the thing about being living separately is, is that especially if you're a dutiful father is I've been just like my grandmother paid for me and my, my mother, father prayed for me. I prayed, I prayed down through my daughter's seed that, you know, that she about the blessing and order in her steps and for protection and that any, any mistake that I've made that God gives her to increase the cover. And though we live separately, let each moment that we come together be as impactful if we had longer moments together. And I ask for that blessing each time I come and come with her briefly, that it, that, that one moment feels like many to be multiplied and reverberate through her life that though we don't see each other as much as I would like, that hopefully at some time in the future, we can come together more. But right now, these moments of time together, I just ask that they're spiritually magnified so that she can feel that her father's there. 
I just have to pause for a moment and stay in this space. You just spoke from the heart of a father. Before we rush to the next question, I want to just pause and stay in that space of a father's love and take this moment in because that is a powerful prayer. And it's a prayer that I will adapt and pray for my own children. So let me just pause for a moment and stay in this space of a father's love. Thank you for sharing your heart with the amazing dad family. Now that was just 10 seconds of a father's love. Imagine a lifetime of a father loving their child. It's not easy to transition from a comment like that. But as we do so, I want to know how many years have you been co-parenting? Five. Five years. Mm -hmm. So you are are five years now into this co-parenting phase of of your relationship with your daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. Speak to the the beginning, speak to the first six months, first year, uh, first two years, as you were saying, where you didn't have the influence that you once had being in that household, because Uh I know you, I know you, um, and, you know, I know you on a personal level and you are, you are committed to your daughter so much so that you've had opportunities that you've passed over because they would have taken time away from from you with your daughter in these these very formative years talk about those first couple of years of transitioning out and how you navigated that space uh well it was it was humbling initially that was an arrangement that was set she was going to spend a week every other weekend with me you know every other weekend with her mom um that quickly fizzled um the first couple of times she was here, she would cry mm. three, four, five hours straight, you know, had to call her mom. We kind of console her. You know, she went back to where her mom tried again, again, cried three, four, five hours straight, tried and tried again. Same result. It's like, you know what, if you're, you know, that much more comfortable with your mom, then just be with your mom, mm. you know. And because at the end of the day, the last thing I wanted was to put her through. If it's, you know, I just didn't want to further her pain by forcing her into an arrangement that she was clearly uh, uncomfortable with. And though she didn't tell me in words, she showed me in action. And I had to respect that. So was the arrangement something that was established between you and mom or were the courts involved in the arrangement? Never the courts, just me and mom. It's always just been me and mom. Why is it that you you decided not to use the court system? Well, like I said before, because it was it was clear. that she wasn't comfortable being here, you know, um, 
she would give me lip service that everything she would she's a appeaser you know she would say oh yeah come on come get me you know then i go get her then you know be five hours of crying mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um so i had to understand that about her that she didn't want to hurt me but she also didn't want to hurt her mother and she also wasn't happy yeah so try so trying to parent her through what she was feeling deal with my own emotion and kind of keep that separate because my own emotion says well you know what in a couple of months you're going to get used to it and it's going to be okay but instead of putting her through that i just you know i just did not and i just let her mom have full custody that's powerful you know when it comes to co-parenting visitation is one of you know one of the one of the things that has to be worked out and it a lot of times is worked out through the courts. And even though you have the legal right, just in terms of a father, you felt like still it's best for my daughter to be with her mother because of, of what it's doing to her. That in itself, you know, is, is, is deserving of, of applause because you are so vested in your daughter. Um, that you would rather see her happy and whole than to have this legal right of her being with you for a weekend. Uh, what what would you say to some fathers who are just now beginning this co-parenting journey and maybe having some difficulties with visitation? What would you say to some some of those fathers? Listen to your child. Um, and respect the mother. Um, if there's space, if my daughter wanted to be with me every weekend, she would be here every weekend. So know that. So if there was availability, um, it's it's to the point now where when you when is you fight for it um, respectfully. Um, you know, again, it's depending on, you know, the mother <laughs> that you're dealing with. Um, uh, my, uh, my daughter's mother doesn't force us to be, you know, separate or anything. I can swing by anytime. I I'm, I live in a city adjacent to where she is, so I'm close. I'm 10 minutes away. Um, I mean, <laughs> COVID has interrupted the swinging by part. But, um, but if there's opportunity, to take responsibility more than response, you know, more than monetary to be present, do it, you know, but if it's a child, if it's a daughter who's clinging to a mother, um, it's kind of hard to fight that relationship um, as it would be if I, was, if, if it was a mother trying to hold on to a son and it would make, and it make, and it may make more sense for that son to be with his father as it is with my wife and her son, it, her son lives with his father. So it's kind of hard to fight that, um, but still be present and respectful. But if your child wants to be with you, um, as much as you can make it happen, make it happen. Because I know that I would. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the the challenges of co-parenting during COVID? <laughs> um. Well, my I have a I have a child that is hyper vigilant about not getting COVID. 
<laughs> a lot of hand washing, a lot of sanitizer. A lot of hand washing. If we do go to the store, when we get in the car, you got sanitizer. Here you go, babe. Uh, you know, uh, before I get a hug, put your mask on. You know, she is vigilant about not getting it. <laughs> and um, and she asked me, you got your other shot yet? So I know she misses me. I know she wants to see me. Um, all of her communication is just that she's a teenager, really, you know, um, trying to find her way and I'm trying to give her space to have her way, but I'm also don't want to be, uh, invisible because in one more year, the, the, the pressure that I feel, the fear that I was talking about before is that in, in a minute, she's going to be off into the world. And I just want to be sure that I've imparted enough in her that she can nav navigate those first hurdles of life, those mm -hmm. first struggles of life of being on her own that a father can share to his daughter. Um, because, you know, men are complex. And I know I've had my relationships with ladies in the past. So, you know, you try to school your school your daughter so she don't follow, follow those men like me back in the day. <laughs> but um, so the pressure or fear that I had is that I'm running out of road to be a, to be visible mm -hmm. in her life before she's off into college and wherever she goes from there. Yeah. Uh, you, you said your daughter is 16, which mm -hmm. means the vaccination is available to mm -hmm. her. Have you all made a decision regarding your daughter being vaccinated? And if so, oh, how yeah. did you come to that decision? Uh, very easily. She wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> very easily she she wanted it um and and i think that is the the respect that we uh, mother and father have tried to have with her is what does Celia want you know um early on going digressing back to those first two years it felt like initially it felt a little bit like an excuse that benefited the mom it's almost like, you know, she's going to choose you, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, so, um, but, you know, just really just trying to um, see what she wants and honor what she wants and uh, make it, you know, make it happen. That's it. Well, man, I do appreciate you sharing this time with us. Uh, stopping by the Amazing Dads uh -huh. podcast to share your story. Are there any parting words that you want to share with fathers who are co-parenting how can they be successful in their co-parenting journey you know what just put your emotions aside and and be in tune to the needs and thoughts of your child to make the necessary sacrifice that allows them to have a peaceful um, non-traumatic upbringing and be present, uh, be impactful with your comfort, with your conversations, um, and find ways to imbue in your child, the love and passion that you have for them. So that even though they're distant, they still feel close to your heart. Wow. Art, as always, man, you are appreciated. I want to say thank you for joining the Amazing Dads podcast and thank you for being an amazing dad. 
my pleasure. Uh, to God be the glory. Thank you for this opportunity. The Amazing Dads podcast is presented by Starry's Fatherhood Program. Starry's Fatherhood Program offers the Fatherhood Plus Academy, the Halftime Dads Group, our Fathers in Training Camp, and one-on-one counseling and coaching. For more information on our programming, visit starry.org. That's starry spelled S-T-A-R-R-Y, starry.org, or call us at 254-244-2400 because dads are amazing.